0: Welcome to another chapter of Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast, where we give you a deeper look into your favorite Christian authors and the inspirations, research, and methodology that goes into writing the books you love to read. Here's your host, Jamie Vaughn. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Vaughn with Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf Podcast. Today's episode of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf podcast is brought to you by Bethany, a division of Baker Publishing Group, and our guest today is Regina Jennings, who's here to talk to us about her newest book, Engaging Deception. Hi, Regina. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. So I want you to tell me what you can without giving away too much about this newest book. Okay, well, this book, Engaging Deception, is about Olive Kentworth. She's
1: our heroine. Mm-hmm. She's a shy young lady who um, is very comfortable being in the background and not attracting any attention. And she spent a lot of her childhood up to her adult life at her mother's, her sick mother's bedside. Mm-hmm. And um, while there, she would study her architecture books. She loved had a love for architecture and would study that. So over time, she was given a few opportunities to build things for her family to design different structures and buildings. And she always had her her cousin Amos be the front man and be her spokesman where everyone thought he was the builder, basically. So anyway, when the book starts, her mother has passed away and she doesn't know what to do with herself. And she's used to being home and being needed there all the time and that her family is encouraging her to get out and experience life. And that scares her really. Mm -hmm. So um, she finally accepts a job as a nanny and ends up working for Joplin's leading architect, Maxfield Scott, who happens to be a widower with some small children. And um, first she's horrified because she knows who he is. She's watched and followed his career and, you know, is really excited to be in his presence. Even she's intimidated though. But once she realizes he has no clue who she is, or that she has any interest in architecture, she kind of starts to relax and enjoy the fact that she has access to his extensive library and his journals and all this information that she never had an opportunity to get. So anyway, things things start heating up as they uh, as they their relationship and they start appreciating each other but also as she starts getting some jobs and of course hiding the fact that she's working through her cousin he's the one that looks like he's the builder uh-huh. um, but these some of her projects are in competition with Maxfield, and okay. so you know she's in his house running a construction company <laughs> under his nose
0: secretly <laughs> So this is the third book in the series of the Joplin Chronicles. What connects all of the books together? Well, at first I wanted this
1: series to be called the Kentworth Cousins because they're all cousins. Each okay. of the um, book has a cousin in it, and I had a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of series that involve siblings, um, but siblings, you know, they come from the same you know if it's a rich family they're wealthy if it's a poor family but cousins come from some can be from the city some are in the country some are wealthy some are not and so and yet they still have that same um well one thing they all love each other and they're supportive with each other but they have that same background and, and the same um standards and and beliefs and and so you know, they still very much resemble each other in their in their attitudes about life. So that was fun. So um, but it is set in Joplin. And so marketing decided Joplin Chronicles was better than the Camerth Cousins.
0: <laughs> well, that works out great, especially for the um, local Christian bookstore in Joplin, Missouri. They can put that right out. Yes. First. Yeah. Shout out to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you said that your protagonist, both of your protagonists, I'm sorry, one of your protagonists is um, an architect in 1899. So what type of research did you have to do to learn what they did back then? It was
1: really fun. Well, actually, yes, you're right. Both of them are architects. One of them officially. um, So I did. There was actually a famous architect in Joplin. Austin Allen was Mm -hmm. his name. And so his buildings are still around. So I I looked at his path. He's a little younger than maxfield would have been but um you know looked at where he studied and what his his um path was to becoming this architect and so that informed maxfield's path of where he went to college and then of course they would go to europe and do the tour and study architecture in europe but then i also did research on the many untrained architects that we have like thomas jefferson uh-huh. who's a famous architect, and yet did not receive any formal schooling. In fact, there wasn't much formal schooling available until the late 19th century. Uh-huh. So, um, so the idea that Olive could study and learn this on her own isn't that far fetched. Like it happens, and and it happened back then. So, um, yeah, that was really fun when I saw the cover. Which I don't, I don't have it in hand right now, but um, they have olive on it with these big blueprints and I thought oh were there blueprints were they actually blue but yes they were so that was another research thing we had to look
0: up to make sure that was historically accurate but as
1: usual the um cover artists got it
0: perfect they always amaze me what they can take from the book and kind of bring it to life right on the cover Um, so what were the challenges in writing this book um I think with both characters, they're
1: both in mourning. Uh, mm-hmm. Olive is mourning her mother and Maxfield is mourning the loss of his wife. Mm-hmm. And yet they are dealing with it in two opposite ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Olive is withdrawing. She uh, is afraid to move on. She's, she's hiding um, by staying close to home, doesn't want to live life, you know, kind of stopped. Her life kind of stopped when her mothers did. Whereas Maxfield, he has so much grief and pain that he doesn't want to be in his house. He's Mm -hmm. trying to entertain himself. He's trying to push the grief away Mm -hmm. and that's hurting his relationship with his children, you know, and seeing them reminds him of his wife. And so, so you have two grieving people, which I write humorous romance, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) I know. It's still funny. I promise. But them dealing with their grief, it was it was a challenge to have them dealing with it in opposite ways and to keep that consistent in the writing and yet have their um, character arc still meet there where they needed
0: to be. Yeah. So what's your favorite part of the story? Can you let us in on that?
1: Oh, I just love, I love Henri characters and her, the Kentworth cousins, there's, there are so many of them. And Amos, the one that she gets to represent her, he is Henri and obnoxious and self-confident. And so he knows nothing about architecture and he'll walk up to this Maxfield, you know, who's the guy Mm -hmm. and just make up stuff, just say ridiculous things and act like he knows everything. And feels so frustrated because here's this guy who's remodeling one of his creations, he thinks, and knows nothing about anything. And he can't figure out how this ignoramus is doing such a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that was fun to write this impossible situation. How would someone who didn't know anything about this be the architect and showing maxfield's frustration when of course it's all of behind the scenes it's really the brains of the operation
0: and it's not like today where you could have somebody feeding you the information (laughs) (laughs) well i know they have to work up and yeah that's
1: just so fun to think
0: through it because
1: basically he would say whatever and she would write down in the notes what was real that Uh she needed you know and And so she wasn't even listening to him. She's his secretary writing down to helping him take notes. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So during your research, what was the most interesting historical fact that you found out? Oh, I
1: love the houses that they have in Joplin, which they are still there. The the Murfreesburg Historical District is amazing. They, um, I mean, it's a whole area. So Joplin went from rags to riches like that. It was a mining town and money just flowed in, well, flowed in, got brought up out of the ground, literally. And so there were many self-made millionaires just boom. It was a boom town. And so there are these beautiful houses and the Murfreesburg um, Preservation Society has done an excellent job of keeping them nice and keeping their, preserving their history. They do Christmas tours, mm-hmm. a lot of resources about the people who lived there, the people who built them. Um, and you can, you know, it's something that we can all still enjoy. You can still go to Joplin and do the walking tour and go through those neighborhoods. And they, I, I just really appreciate people who love history mm-hmm. and who preserve it for other people. And uh, they really give the town and that area, a sense of, of, significance and
0: of place when you you know, see it as a whole.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. So when the reader finishes the book, closes the last page, what do you want them to take away from it? Well, I think all of,
1: I relate to her a lot. I think a lot of women would um, in that she feels like an imposter mm-hmm. in her job. I think a lot of us put career second. We have to Uh, manage family and take care of family and whether it's our children or our parents or other things coming and and you know obviously family comes first like that's that's something male or female that we all are supposed to be putting god and family first but um it leaves us sometimes feeling like an imposter when we do decide to get a job or to to use our God-given talents. Maybe we didn't have the educational opportunities or the years of experience that our counterparts did that had a career all along. So um, that's what I think the takeaway would be to hone those skills that God gave you Mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to, to um, work on them, to challenge yourself and to use them. Like there's nothing wrong with having a, a talent from God or a love for something. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time to be patient for God's timing because mm-hmm. there are seasons in our life and mm-hmm. it may seem like your kids are little forever, but they're not. Or for all of it, it may have seemed like she was going to always be at her mother's bedside. But at the end she was glad for every day she spent with her. So it wasn't wasted time. Your your
0: time will come. Yeah. So is this the last in the series? Yes, it is. All right. What do you have planned next? Well, that is a really good
1: question. So you're getting the inside scoop, Jamie. Okay. Okay. So this was my last contract with Bethany house so far. I decided to take a break and they very graciously have offered an open door and I would love to work with them again. So we'll see what happens, but For now, I just don't, I don't know what's coming up. I might start a book tomorrow and we'll see, but it's been a nice break. And here I am talking about a book where people are spending time with their family or working. And that's kind of the situation I'm in right now
0: too. So y'all
1: can pray that God will
0: show me what's next. Yes. And God wants us to rest. He wants us to have have that time to rejuvenate and come up with new ideas. We don't necessarily have to trudge along the entire time. Absolutely. It's been, it's been a wonderful break. I feel, I feel very
1: much that this was the right thing.
0: Good, good, good. So Regina, I can't wait to see what happens with this book and the series for you and everyone It's available now go to your local Christian bookstore and pick it up. If you don't have one, pick it up wherever you purchase your books. And this is brought to you today by Bethany House Publishing and it's a called engaging deception. It's out now. And if you like this chapter of the Christian Fiction Bookshelf podcast, make sure to hit subscribe below. And have a great day. Thanks, Regina. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Family Fiction's Christian Fiction Bookshelf podcast. Stay up to date on all things Christian fiction at familyfiction.com. Christian Fiction Bookshelf is produced by Ross Kluver, hosted by Jamie Vaughn, and edited by Brandon Wollum. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a chapter.